Happy New Year, guys. <laughs> How are you doing today? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can't believe it's 2015 and here we are, you know, still standing. The world hasn't ended yet, which is a good thing. <laughs> um, so let's see. I'm going to start my stopwatch to make sure that I'm on track because I got time management issues and I'll talk about that later. But um, I wanted to, uh, to, to kick off our uh, series of new beginnings. This is actually our second week. We're actually going to, uh, what I'm going to teach today is about, you know, making lasting changes and in particular, our need for other people. And so um, I just wanted to start actually with, it's kind of interesting, I grew up believing something different. I grew up, uh, you know, with my father. He's a man's man. Love that guy. Uh, but he taught me some interesting things. Um, he taught me that uh, it's really important to never ask for help. No matter what you do, don't ask anybody by any means. Don't ask anyone for help. You never need help. Be a man. Be an independent, strong person. That's kind of what I was taught. Um, don't feel anything. Well, you can be happy. But that's it. You know, if you're feeling angry or scared or sad, don't tell anybody because that will give away your weakness. And that was, that was pretty much like how I lived my life for, for a lot of it. And so, um, which is kind of strange because, you know, the Bible actually teaches the opposite. Um, that, and what I'm going to go over today are actually um, 11 things that we need, that we can get that we need from other people. And this is not an exhaustive list, okay? There are more things that uh, other people can give us. But um, this is, uh, you know, some of these things were pointed out in the book, How People Grow, by Dr. John Townsend and Henry Cloud. And so, uh, here we go. Let's, let's uh, look over at Ephesians 4.16. It reads, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Yeah, God is a pretty crafty one. He, 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 he makes a lot of analogies. And in this particular case, um, what is he referring to? The body is referring to all, all believers, all believers of, of God and in Jesus Christ. And everyone around the world is part of that body. And so how, how are we joined and held together? Um, it's by collecting together, right? Like where you are right now, here we are in church. We are joined and held together. And, and each part of us has a role to play, that there's an element of support, that we are part of, we are the supporting ligaments, each and every one of us. And, um, you know, in terms of like body parts, let's just think of a, a really good one like an eyeball, for example. Now, an eyeball is, you know, is very important. That's about, that comprises about 80% of our senses. You know, of, of all the senses, sight is a very strong one, right? And, and yet, at the same time, can an eyeball eat? That's one of my favorite activities. No, right? Can an eyeball even go to sleep? No, right? The eyeball needs like an eyelid to close so you can go to sleep, unless you're a fish or one of those animals. But my point is, is that, <laughs> is that what, what is the emphasis here? Is that, um, you know, we all have a, a part to play, you know? And the thing is, what, what, do we, what do we do for the support? We, we help each other grow. 
and we, we build each other up. But how do we do that, aside from the support? The key ingredient is love. We need to be here, show up, and love each other, right? And, and in terms of the part, again, that part means person. So each of us is a part. Now, can, you know, we all have a significant contribution. I mean, will, will the church, <laughs> would the church die if one of you weren't here? Yeah, yeah, the church will go on. That's, but, but, there, but I mean, just for example, like Susan, you know, like if, if she, you know, our praise and worship leader, if she wasn't here, I mean, she would be sorely missed, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and so she has a significant contribution. Love her. And so, um, you know, we, we won't, we will not, um, there's just this emphasis here that we need other people, you know, that we're not going to function to capacity. Um, you know, and that we, we need the spiritual community. We need the body. And so it kind of reminded me of um, the song that we had earlier of Cornerstone. We're, we're weak made strong in the Savior's love. I'm going to give you an example. There's actually a guy in this church who, um, he's, he, he's been here for about a year. And when he first came here, um, he was sweetest guy. But a little, you know, on the shy side, he, he couldn't really talk to you. He wouldn't look at you when he talked with you. And um, don't count me right now. I'm looking at my iPad, but I'm looking at you guys. <laughs> but but he, he didn't, you know, he didn't, he doubted himself. Um, and he, so much so that he almost was stuck in his life. He didn't have, he didn't have a license, driver's license, didn't have a car. And of course, he didn't have a job. So it was just like, and here he was. But what happened to this person? He continued to show up, you know, every week. And everybody came together, the parts of the body. Everybody was loving on him. You know, people would listen to him and they would, you know, pray and uh, pray for him. And, you know, there was even somebody who uh, let him drive his car to train for the uh, driver's license. And, and what happened? You know, people were actually listening. People actually cared about him, and they loved on him. And, and what was the end result? He started to believe in himself. He gained the confidence that he needed. He says, yes, I can do this. He got his license. He got a car, which is a lot nicer than mine. I'm a little jealous, but I'm just saying. He had a nicer car, and, and he has a job. And not only that, but wait, there's more, right? He is also what? He is going for his life goals. I mean, he's actually pursuing his dreams. And how many people can actually say that they're doing that, you know? I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing, guys, that we need other people to build ourselves up in love so that we can be strong. So the first and second thing that other people can bring us is support as well as, what, strengthening. And this guy surely was made strong in the Savior's love. So let's... Uh, Let's take a look here at Matthew 18, 20, where it reads, where two or more are gathered, he is present. Now, <laughs> of course, does that mean that God is not with us <laughs> at all when we're by ourselves? No, that's not what it means. I mean, God's with us all the time. He loves us. But this, this scripture is actually meant for what? Emphasis. It's supposed to place emphasis that how much more is he present and powerful and effective 
when there are other people, as opposed to us going, going about life on our own when we're alone, right? And so we can actually uh, experience, we can actually ex experience uh, more of a connection, and that's what other people can provide for us. The third thing that people can provide for us is connection with God, you know? It's, uh, right, and so the thing is, um, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. In terms of, like, how, how, <laughs> how effective can, how much more effective can God be when uh, and experience his love for us because God likes to work through people. That's, that's what it is. God works a lot through people. He can work by himself, but he certainly uses people and puts people on your path to love on you like how he would want to. And so um, let's take a look at Colossians 2, 6. It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened into faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. And here we are, it's, you know, the thing is, in, in verse 6, we are, what, we are being called to continue to live our lives in Jesus to try to live like him. Now, is God about rules, about telling us, like, what to do and, you know, follow these set of rules because I'm trying to control you? Is that, is that what he's trying to do? Or is it more so that what, that God loves us so much that he just wants us to live a happy life and be blessed, you know? This is more why he's asking us to live more like Jesus and to have him in us. It's because he wants us to have a full and happy and peaceful life and a one of less suffering, right? And so in terms of the, the word root, now, um, I myself don't eat roots or anything. I don't even cook. But what what is what is it about roots? <laughs> you know, roots roots are um, they are the foundation. They are the foundation of for any tree or plant, right? A root is, you know, it cannot thrive. It cannot grow. We cannot put the horse before the cart here. A root cannot grow into a successful tree or plant unless it has the right nutrients and it has. Um, the right nutrition and stuff. And so in order to develop this strong foundation, eventually what happens is what? A root becomes what? Eventually when a root becomes a tree or a plant, can a tree or a plant be movable? Can it be shaken? If a car hits the tree, is the tree gonna fall down? No, the tree's gonna break the car, right? <laughs> because that essentially, what, what is God trying to build us up? He's trying to build us up in love so we can be strong and also so that we can be immovable. I always think about, um, have you guys seen the book of Eli? Okay, it's, you know, it's a rated R for some, some of you kiddies out there. If you're less than over, under 18, get some parent supervision. But, but, you know, in that movie, the book of Eli, Denzel Washington is such a kick-butt dude. Like, the whole society, the whole world is against him. And what is this guy doing? He just walks through the bar all sexy and everything. You know, and like, but he, he doesn't, he has no fear. Why does he have no fear? It's because he's got, he's got, God's got his back, and he has that connection with God, right? And that can be us. We can be Denzel, okay? Well, I don't know. But we can definitely be strong. We can be rooted and established and not conform or not succumb to fear when we are up against uh, different things, you know, challenges in life. 
And so part of this, though, is we cannot develop these roots unless we actually, you know, we cannot be built up. We cannot get stronger unless we are taught. The key word here in this verse is taught. Like we cannot, we cannot do this by ourselves and magically produce this good fruit. We actually need other people to teach us. And who are we going to ask to teach us, right? We are actually going to ask, we're going to ask what? Other people that are on this path, the spiritual path. We need other people who are successfully in their walk, that are doing these things, trying to live like Jesus, and, you know, people to kind of guide us through this, right? Because um, this, this, the only way that we can get rooted and built up and established, the only way we can do that is if we're learning and getting taught by somebody who can show us the way. Because that's the fourth thing that other people can give us, is modeling. No, I'm not talking about car or plane models, okay? With that glue that makes you feel all dizzy and stuff. No, no, that's not that kind of modeling. The modeling that I mean is just that, you know, for example, for like for me, you know, I'm a single guy, right? And I'm out there, I'm dating and stuff. But how, you know, who am I turning to? Who am I turning to, to to get some examples of how to do this? I'm talking to successful married couples in this church, right? Because they are modeling for me what it is. I asked them questions like, you know, how, how did you guys first meet? How do you guys last for such a long time? And, uh, you know, what's your secret to success? Like, I asked them these things. Why? It's because I am collecting that data because I need those examples. Because when I've tried to go about things by myself, Disaster city, okay? <laughs> um, and so, you know, I learned, I've learned things like, you know, how to be attracted to somebody not for their physical attributes, but to what? To be attracted to someone for their spiritual, their spiritual values and what are their spiritual priorities. That, to me, is a lot more hotter than um, hot molasses. I couldn't think of an example. But you get what I mean, okay? So... <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> so, let's, uh, let's, let's turn to my favorite verse in the Bible. We have James 5.16. Oh, I love this verse. Confess your sins, excuse me, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Ah, I love this. Now, what, what is this thing about confess? Of course, when you think about confess, you know, you think about going to confession and, you know, all this stuff. But uh, confess simply means to share, to verbalize, to talk. To talk about what? To talk about things of your heart. You know, that's what it means to confess. Now, in terms of what the sins are, the sins are where we fall short. Basically, where do we struggle? Where are we challenged in life, right? And so... Um, what, does it say, okay, only talk, confess your sins only to me, your heavenly father? Does it say that? No. It says what? Confess your sins to each other. <laughs> we need to talk uh, to other people. Because it's not, it's not enough for us to, you know, admit or share things with God and just let him help us. It's not enough. We actually need to, you know, share what's going on with us, our struggles, where we fall short, with other people. And we pray for each other, why? So that we may be healed. What is healed? What is, in what context does this, does this mean? The healed is actually referring to, 
you know, the, the challenges and struggles in our lives where we're stuck. You ever notice where, you know, there's, I'm sure we can all think of it. Can you, guys, can you guys all think of something that you're struggling with right now? And maybe you've been trying to do it by yourself. You've been trying to go it alone, trying to figure, you're like, I got this. I mean, it, we all have it. I have it too. I, I can get very self-reliant as well. And it's like, and we continue, we don't know why, but we can, and it says elsewhere in scripture too. It's like, we don't know why we do it, but we keep doing it. We keep, we keep running our head into the wall, you know? And we can't get out of it. This is the part where we actually need other people to kind of teach us and to interrupt those patterns, those patterns in our lives, those things that we keep running around like a bad record or a bad song. And the thing is, <laughs> you know, it, the only place where we can actually confess, you know, is we're not going to just share it with anybody, right? Because we've all been trampled on at one point or another. We've shared something that was precious to us, and then the person couldn't be there for us, right? They gave us some bad advice, or they just were like, ah, just suck it up, you know? And, and the thing is, is it can only be done in a safe place where what? There's a lot of love, where people are truly, you know, loving you the way Jesus does, you know? And the thing is, is when I first came here, when I first came into a small group experience, a small group is essentially a group of less than 10 people. We get together kind of like in a circle, sort of. Yeah, it's not a, yeah, not a rhombus or, anyway. We get together, you know, we gather, and, and what happens? We, we learn a teaching uh, for the day from the Bible, and then what happens? Then we kind of share with each other what comes up for us from that teaching, and we try to, what, support one another, and maybe what else is coming up in our lives that we're struggling with. Yeah, that's, that is a really powerful thing. That is God's design, you know? Um, and the thing is, is when I first went to this small group, I mean, I was on guard. Why? Because I had been hurt so much. I've been beaten down by life, by the world, and what? So I didn't trust anybody, okay? And what did I do? I just threw a little, blink, a little pebble into the pond, the pond of the small group. And what happened? Okay, I was expecting people to judge me and people to like say something stupid, you know? But what, what happened instead? People loved on me. It was weird. It was like people were actually, they actually cared about what I had to say. They asked really intelligent, insightful questions. They wanted to dig, dig deeper and, they, and it was all with the intention of love. And I was like, you know, this is kind of weird, but I like it. You know, and I was just like, you know, I, I was like, okay, that started started to inspire what? It built my faith, in 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 other people. It also what? And of course, God. It built my trust and my confidence. And eventually, what happened was, I that that small pebble became what? Like a bigger rock, stone. Same difference. And eventually, I was able to throw out some pretty big boulders in my life. You know, and you know, and. And that's the thing. It's not that God's commanding us to, to trust someone, a total stranger, like right away. The trust comes with time. But he is expecting us to step out in faith a little bit and to see and to test people and to see what they do with the treasures of our heart. Because it says in scripture that th these are pearls for us. And so, I mean, because really, I, I, I actually thought... 
my thought going into these things, and it still comes up from time to time, was if only you knew me. <laughs> you know, because I, th I thought that I was, I was a loathsome person. I, I thought that I was disgusting. I was really ashamed. And it was like, if you, if you really knew who I was, if you knew what my past was, you would want nothing to do with me. And so, but I received the opposite. I, I, I received something else, something very positive. And that leads to actually the fifth, sixth, and seventh and eighth things that other people can do for us. Of course, healing is one of them. That I've already kind of talked about that, is to get unstuck. Um, grace. We get grace from other people. And what is grace? Grace means divine unmerited favor, right? Which basically means getting a gift that you don't deserve. And what was God's gift for us? Right? God's gift for us was his son, Jesus Christ, who sacrificed his life to what? To cleanse us of our sins. For what? For what purpose? So that God can forgive us because we all fall short. He, knew, he knows this, and the thing is, we cannot experience grace just with me and God alone. We experience grace through other people as well. Because I'm pretty sure that whatever you have done in your past, anything that you're ashamed of, there's nothing that other people can't be there for you in it. You know, and what's going to happen if you do it, if you take that step, is that you will receive that grace and you will receive that forgiveness. And what's going to happen? You're going to get out of the prison that Satan has made for you, right? The thing where you're hitting your head on the wall a bunch of times, that's, that's pretty much where Satan wants us. He wants us by ourselves. He wants us hitting the wall again and again, and he loves it. He wants us to be his uh, dog, not in that way. Well, anyway, bad analogy. But, but he, he, Satan wants to own us. And the thing is, is if we reach out to other people, we can certainly break free of that, you know? And so in receiving God's love through other people, we can what? Not only be forgiven from God and other people, but what? We can start to forgive ourselves. So what can we do? We can move on. We can't keep playing this bad record of our lives, of the soundtrack of what we, what the things that we're ashamed of. Get what I'm saying, guys? Glad I got a yup, yup. <laughs> so <laughs> the, um, the, eighth, the eighth thing that we can get from other people is, uh, you know, other people can help us with grieving, right? And basically grieving means being sad about losses and letting other people be there for us in experiencing those losses, okay? So anyway, let's, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, Proverbs 27, 17. It's, it reads, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now, is it referring to like the iron that you, you know, iron clothes with or, or, or one of my favorites, Iron Man, Tony Stark? Stark Industries? No? No. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> this, this actually came out in, in a time when uh, people were of the crafts, 
you know, this is a long time ago, this is old school, right? Back in those days, an iron was, you know, there was a lot of craftsmen. There were people that were um, ironsmiths, blacksmiths, people that were making swords and different metal objects. And there's this idea of, um, the only thing I could think of in a current analogy is when we're sharpening uh, like a kitchen knife. You ever see like sharpening a kitchen knife, right? It's, what, what is this, this motion? It's like these two, it's like metal on metal. These two very hard things, right? And they're banging on each other, and there's friction, there's heat, right? And what's, what's happening? To sharpen a knife, it's breaking off old stuff that is making us, you know, making the knife less effective, right? Because why is the knife less effective? It's dull. The, the, the purpose of a knife is to be sharp. And yet, if a knife is no longer sharp, it's lost its purpose, right? It's, it's not effective anymore. It's nil, it's zilch, it's done, right? And so, in order for that knife to, to become more effective and more sharp, it needs, it needs to get hit on. Like, and so this is, so what am I saying? So one person sharpens another makes each person more effective. And okay, so, so the idea is, is that, you know, like most traditional love that we're used to, we see it in the movies, right? Oh, you know, chocolates and flowers and puppy dogs and oh, I'm gonna love everything that you do. You're so great, right? That's, that's, that's the tra traditional love, right? That's the things that we dream of. We're like, oh, that just sounds perfect. But no, 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 God loves you more than that. He, lo he, he loves you so much that he wants to what? He disciplines those that he loves. Just like a parent with a child, for those of you who have children. Are you gonna let your child run around and say, yeah, everything that you're doing is great? Are you gonna say that? No, why? <laughs> because what? Because the loving thing to do sometimes is to set boundaries and to, you know, you can't let the child run away with murder, right? It's like we, we have to, you know, we have to sharpen that person. We have to make them more effective. So loving is not always going to be the easy good stuff, okay? And that, that leads to the, the three, uh, the last, the ninth, tenth, and eleventh thing that other people can uh, provide for us. It's other people can give us discipline, right? And what is discipline? Like, you know, I get a lot, what is discipline? Discipline is like people telling you stuff that you don't want to hear. And why do I stick around for this stuff? You know, like I, sometimes I hear it from Nancy or Susan or my Alberto who just did announcements, my best friend. I, you know, it doesn't feel good receiving those things, hearing things I don't want to hear. I'm like, why can't you just love me and support me? No, no, I mean, I'm loving and supporting you. It just looks in a different form, buddy. Yeah, I stick around because what do I know about these people? I know that they love me and they want only the best for my life. That's the why I stick around for it because otherwise, uh, I'm out of here. But I stick around because I know it's good, it's good for me. It's like eating that broccoli or Brussels sprouts or any of your least favorite vegetable if you don't like vegetables or least favorite food. Anyway, so um, <laughs> another thing that uh, other people can provide is structure. Now, you know, structure, oh, I mean, if you hadn't noticed, I mean, Look at me, guys. I, I'm, I'm not exactly the most conforming person of society, okay? I don't like being bound. I like to be free, okay? I don't like structured things. I really don't. 
you know. But the strangest thing is, you know, in the Bible, the Bible is this thing. It's a, it's, it's a big piece of book, you know. And, and it, it, provides, it provides what? Structure in a way because God actually has boundaries. He's very clear of what he's okay with and what he's not okay with, but he loves you anyway because of Jesus, right? But in spite of that, he, you know, again, he's, he's providing the structure for what? For us to what? Free ourselves to what? So we can have a good, happy, peaceful life. Don't you guys want that? Good, happier, peaceful lives? Yeah, it's because that's what God wants for you. So I'm glad you're in agreement with him. So in terms of, you know, what is structure? Other people can show us what that structure is. It's part of what? Congratulations to you for being here today. This is part of the structure. Being plugged in, being with other people to build each other up in love, right? It's, it means what? Fighting through traffic sometimes or fighting through your sleepiness from Saturday night to be here. What does it mean? It means what? On a weeknight, when you go to a fellowship, oh, I don't feel like it. Who cares? Go anyway, okay? Because what happens? Let's not forget the enemy is at your feet. Satan wants to keep you to himself. You cannot give him that satisfaction in winning, guys, all right? We have to push through these things. I'm telling you, there's plenty of times I'm driving to the East Bay or South Bay, boom, I'm like, starting to fall asleep. I'm like, God, please help me. I'm falling asleep. Literally, Satan is at my heels, okay? I can two, do two things. I can go home, give him, make him happy, or I can go make others happy, make God happy, make me happy. Gee, tough choice, okay? We have to push through that, we, you know, because the structure is going to help and set us free, all right? Last one. Other people can provide accountability. Oh, one more thing about structure. I used to be one of those weekend warriors, but literally a one weekend warrior. I would come to a seekers retreat or at a dating workshop and I'd be like, oh, I'll get what I need. I'm like, oh, great. Thanks guys. And then I would not show up for two years. Okay. That was me. All right. <laughs> that's, that's not what structure looks like. And, and part of it is, is showing up even when you don't feel like it. Okay. And so, um, you will, you will re yield the benefits. So in terms of accountability, yeah, that's, it, it, again, it's kind of painful. It's like going to the spiritual gym. I have a time management issue, and uh, I'm already going over 30. I'm going to try to hurry up now, all right? Um, whenever I'm late more than 10 minutes, what happens? I give Susan $20. Now, she's kind of discontinued that because she wants me to save for something very important, which will remain confidential. But the idea is it doesn't feel good to be held accountable from other people. And yet at the same time, all these things are going to bring us changes that last. So I guess in, in closing, um, I, I, I want to give you guys a 90-day challenge, uh, which is basically three months. I challenge you guys to continue to show up here every week pushing through all the millions of legitimate excuses of why you can't be here and show up. Okay, that's my challenge to you. And I want you to test it out and see how it goes. You know, plug into other people. It's not alone to just get what you need and take off. Get what you need, try it out in your life because we're gonna be like Bambi on ice. It's gonna be difficult. We need other people to show us and to guide us through it as we're trying these new life principles and testing it out in our lives 
and just see how things go. My challenge to you is to, to reap the benefits of coming, okay? And plug into a fellowship. Ask any of our people with a Here to Serve badge about our new fellowship series that starts in February. And I think let's look at the last list of what other people can provide us. There it is. All right, support. Other people can give us support, strengthening, connection with God, modeling, healing, grace, forgiveness, helps us with grieving, discipline, structure, and accountability. And if you need, want this list or any of the, um, the scriptures that I use, you can fill out the connection card. Let, let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for uh, just giving us a new year and helping us start anew. Um, I, I want to lift up all of us to you in all the, the changes that we're trying to make in our lives for the positive. Help us to um, help these changes to last. You know, help us to trust in you more day by day and to trust in other people. I know, God, that you know it's hard for us to trust. But I, I pray that you can help us to just open our heart to that possibility of connecting with the body of Christ and, and getting built up in love and supporting each other so that we can come out more effective, sharper than knives, to be, you know, to serve your greater purpose and for us to live happier and more peaceful lives. Uh, I pray for our healing, our future healing and growth, and I lift all of this up to you. Humbly, in your son's mighty name, Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you.